You're listening to Calvary La Habra's podcast. For more information, visit us at calvarylh.com. Thanks for listening. We go. Hello. All right. Hello. Yes, we're live and we're live. everything's good. And we're alive. <laughs> live and alive is a good thing. Well, welcome to our midweek uh, study. We are um, throughout the summer months here doing a little breaking up into some tables and um, group discussion, as we just said, on what we've been learning on Sunday mornings. So there's a whole bunch of tables here doing that. And we're going to do that with you in a panel discussion online. You realize, you know, I'm Pastor Lance and the rest of these guys introduce themselves. So uh, we're going to get right into this. And um, chapter four really ties in in the book of Acts. If you haven't made your way there, turn over to that. But chapter 4 really, it, it has a lot to teach us, teach us things relating to the world we're living in right now. I believe there's a lot of rich application here. Um, again, the, the highlight to me is to look at the early church with this in mind, that this is pretty much in the early stages, one of the better examples of what Jesus birthed. He's the one who said he would build his church uh, in Matthew chapter 16, and he's the one that birthed the church. So he is the origin of the church, and he's the one that builds the church. So we want to look at the book of Acts through that lens and say, what is it that he produced? And so if you do follow us, you know we've really went in depth with that in mind in these chapters. But if you haven't, as we've been going through the book of Acts, been following us, We've been looking at every chapter with that in mind as well. Um, and the idea of what did God do, what did God build, versus what we might see today in contrast to that, what men start and what men might build. So um, coming out of chapter 3, the church is birthed uh, on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Um, people are starting to get saved as the power of God is uh, working through the, the apostles. Um, and one of those miracles recorded, uh, one of those chapters, chapter 3, talks about a lot of growth following the initial growth of chapter 2. Chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes upon 120. Peter, of course, gives a message uh, following that. Now filled with the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people are saved as a result of that. In chapter 3 and 4, we move into... Um, I talked about the church is not only just a powerful work, but it is a it is a work that expands, an expansive work. The church should be expanding uh, through a conversion, through getting the gospel out. And so God does that in many different unique ways. And one way that he started to do that um, was just give a platform to these guys to share the gospel. So where we're at in chapter 4 begins really in chapter 3 with Peter and John going to the temple to pray. And uh, there's a layman there that's been lame from birth. He's begging. And Peter says, well, we don't have any money or shekels, maybe he would say. But what we do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the guy instantly was made whole. Um, going to the temple, outside the temple. Originally, the miracle took place at a gate called Gate Beautiful. And, and there would have been thousands of people around there, literally. 
And the people tried to give the credit to the miracle uh, to Peter and John. They ran to them, and they were like, don't look at us as if by our power, I, our, we're just two average fishermen here, you know. We, we don't have the ability to do this. It's because of Jesus, because of putting faith in his name that this man stands before you whole. And he used that opportunity to explain to that group of Jews going to the temple to worship that the, the, the same God that parted the Red Sea is still doing miracles, but now he's doing the miracles through his son. And this is where the gospel comes in, just very wise and spirit-led. And for them, they, there was a specific bridge that needed to be built. And he bridged, he built a bridge between who Jesus was to them by using the Old Testament and walked them through who this Jesus of Nazareth really is. Um, the promised Messiah, and you know they were they they were guilty of crucifying him, and he let them know that, and and so you guys need to repent of your sins and be converted. And that that was a firm message, so that your sins would be blotted out and times of refreshing might come, mm-hmm. and uh, that would lead to the conversation going inside the temple. Um, the leadership of the temple, of course, would have Peter and John put aside, but you can't put aside the work of God. Uh, Two thousand of those people. Believe. So the church is now 5,000 strong. Peter and John, we come into chapter 4, are going to be brought before the, um, basically the Sanhedrin, which is the, I like to call it the Jewish Supreme Court, 70 men, um, meeting in a really formal setting and a place designed to interrogate people. They're brought before them and basically ask the question, by what authority are you doing these things? By In whose name are you doing these things? And I'm like, oh, what? don't ask that question to this guy, Peter, man. <laughs> things are going to start changing when he starts talking. And so uh, that's the intro. Um, we've got a few questions, and I want to hear from these guys as well. Uh, I've, got, I've got six weeks talking about this, so you guys, you guys can share some things. So what, on that, what springboard forward or what stands out to you guys? Well, in the first three verses, um, in the temple, there was two different responses. And this is kind of, um, goes along the lines of, of the parable of the, of the sower. And um, it says, Jesus said that if, if you want to know all parables, you need to know that one. Because he was talking about the heart. He was talking about if, you, if your heart is not soft. You're not going to get any of them. But here it shows that. It shows there's two responses. There was a hardened heart to hear what Peter had to say and the miracle that, that had happened. But then we see that, that, that Satan didn't win. <laughs> and and that there wasn't only hardened hearts. That, like you said, there was 2,000 people here, it says. Because we know that before that there was 3,000 people. But he said, now the men are 5,000. So we know that... Because of these things, another 2,000 were added to the church. And so there was that 2,000 of them, which, you know, in, in the temple, I don't know how many there were, but it, it sounds like it was a small minority that hardened their hearts. And, and the larger majority had softened hearts. And so, you know, we, we, we talked about that and the questions we came up like, what, what do we hear? I mean, what response do we have? When, when we see a work of God. I mean, it says that a notable miracle was done and, and, and 
Some of them, they, they even believe that, but they chose to harden their hearts even when a notable miracle was done. And the rest is, they praise God. They had a soft heart to accept this is of God. Mm. And so that's the question that they're talking at the table. And I think that's the question we all got to ask ourselves. When, when we see God do a work around our lives, in our lives, in someone else's life, do, do, do we fluff our nose at that? Do we harden our hearts? Or, or, or do we humble ourselves and, and, and accept that that is a work of God? So even, even now, just a simple application, if you're watching online, even in this room, there could be people in this room or people online that are going to hear the word of God out. Because the miracle really just platformed something that man couldn't do. So they, mm -hmm. yeah. man doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. So God was trying to get people's mm -hmm. attention and just say, hey, look at something happened that only God can do. Mm -hmm. So the miracle itself was not what brought conversion. Miracle, the miracle itself set up Peter to explain the word, to explain what the Bible had to say about who Jesus was. Mm. Yep. And that's an important thing to understand because people could chase miracles around all day and they're just going to ooh and all at the miracle. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it will lead to conversion. Mm. So I think the important thing there was that you know, there were those who heard the exact same message in response to the exact same miracle. Mm -hmm. but some hearts were open and some hearts were closed. They were mm -hmm. closed to the Word of God or open to the Word of God. So even as we're discussing this tonight, I think that's important to really think through. Am I open to the Holy Spirit, God speaking to my heart through His Word, no matter if I'm saved or not saved? Um, because that's the difference. Amen. Yeah, and when you, when you look at this, I... I see the, you know, the grace of God just on display because, uh, like you mentioned, there's a couple of different responses here. You hear they're accepting or rejecting, and uh, but you look at down in verses five and six, and it says, and it came to pass on that next day, that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many of, as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. So um, they're going to go before those that crucified and had a, played a major role in Jesus' crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And I think that here God is giving them another opportunity to see his hand at work. Uh, you know, none of these things are, are by chance. Um, here a notable miracle happens after the resurrection. Everything that's, that's gone on with Jesus, they rejected all that. They rejected Jesus. They reject the re resurrection. But now they're seeing evidence of it, and God is is bringing them in again to to witness what's happening. Later on, they're going to say a, a notable miracle has been done. We can't deny those things, mm -hmm. and so. But it's God's attempt to reach out to those that even with the hardest of hearts, and even those that were educated, and those that just found a reason to push against uh, a new work that that God was doing, and and you think about those that may be uh, in your lives and in our lives where we think that man it's just they continue to reject they continue to reject and and yet god continues using other means to try to get a hold of them and give them opportunity after opportunity we know that the bible tells us that god's grace can run out in romans chapter one it says eventually god's uh, that god gives them over 
uh, to the debased mind or to defile themselves and whatever. So there's a point at which God's grace will only be extended so far. Uh, but we know also know uh, from the Gospel of John that it's grace upon grace and yeah. more grace. And, and so there's It's an this, inexhaustible resource, yeah. but you got to tap into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a forced resource. Yes. stands out uh well from that section you know i, I was thinking about even how um the soldiers <laughs> closed the tomb and and had guarded the tomb and so that just in case <laughs> the resurrected jesus would come and and uh you know they did everything to discount what jesus taught about the resurrection and they were having a tough time um hearing um you know peter and, and the others teach on the resurrection and, and, and here it here it is again. It's like there there was no other explanation for this miracle. Um and and you know man can't do what, what, what happened. It was God that did it. And if it was God that did it, um and if Jesus truly had raised from the dead, you know, the Pharisees and, and, and these religious leaders were were really threatened. I think about, you know, the Roman soldier who um after uh, Jesus died, <laughs> and there was a great earthquake, and the rocks were opened, and the bodies came out of, you know, the saints that came out of the graves, the graves were opened, and his conclusion was right. Like, truly, this was the Son of God. And, you know, there are so many responses to, um, for people and what they see when they see a changed life today, when they see someone who was one thing, and they have met the resurrected Jesus Christ, and they have changed um, it, it's a threatening thing because then they would have to come to grips with, yes, Jesus is alive, Jesus is God, and what he says about sin and what he says about my sin is true, and, and we have to deal with that. We have to come to grips with that. And, um, you know, it's just it's a very apparent that uh, uh, the religious leaders were not ready. <laughs> they just weren't ready. Yeah, that is a, a fascinating thing. If you did... <clears throat> Even just the weeks earlier, these are the guys who were very much responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus. Peter was very clear in talking to the people outside and talking to the Sanhedrin that this is the same one you crucified. He made that very clear. Mm. And with with respect to these people, they were they were they were Jews, and God knows where you're at. He knows what you need to hear, and He knows mm. He knows who to bring into your life. Um, maybe even through a song or through a conversation, or maybe you're listening to a study like this and channel surfing or whatever, and you, he knows exactly what you need to hear. And, and I would just encourage you to, to look for God in that. Be, be, don't be afraid to be open and, and receptive. Um, this group of 70, none of them would open and openly and publicly say, yeah, you know, we think we believe you now. We think we're going to accept your, your Christ now. Mm. God also knew that. He knew their hearts. That's grace. It's just it's the yeah. grace of God on display. And, yeah. and and he's chipping away at them with more truth and 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 inspiring Peter through the Holy Spirit to even go into the Old Testament and say, look, this 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 had to happen. All the prophets talked about this. And so he's chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And <clears throat> and that might be even that might that might be, be you out there, you might be 
just you've had a heart and heart, and and the Lord's just chipping away and chipping away and chipping. He does that because He loves you, and and even if you're saved, none of us have arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, he chips away. Yeah, you think so about like open. you know, think about the most grievous sin that that somebody has done, and you know, again, some of those that may be listening out there. Maybe something that's just heavy on your heart, and you really feel like you've blown it. Look at these men. <laughs> these men, they're the ones that turn Jesus over and know that he's innocent and turn him over mm-hmm. and go through that. But yet God doesn't mm-hmm. give up on them, and God, God will continue to love you regardless of how you respond to him. He'll never stop loving you. And so any of you guys that are listening out there and maybe going through a situation where you really think that, man, I've blown it, I've, I've just done too much, understand God's heart. Our perspective might be is a lot different a lot of times than God's um, because he doesn't uh, give up on us. So Peter explains clearly to the Jewish Supreme Court who Jesus is. Um, and he, and he, he, he's like, he ties it to the miracle. They were really in a corner. I brought that on my teaching. This, they're in a corner. You can't deny the miracle. They, they know Peter and John didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And they know the miracle working God. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, the God we tell everybody about, he parts the Red Sea. <laughs> he, like, took care of Daniel in the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. He's that God. He's the creator of all. So they knew that God had done something. And to completely minimize that or to deny that no one in the temple would have sided with them so they had to what do we do peter and john i think it was important too we brought out in this day and age how do we as christians here's a great model but how do we as christians respond when we and our faith is being opposed mm-hmm. and there was nothing about peter and john that we brought out in our studies that was disrespectful, that was prideful, that was, that was, uh, it was something God can honor. And, and to that audience, again, Peter, Peter and John, filled with the Holy Spirit, they heard Peter's explanation of Jesus and who he is and what these guys had done with him. And he's that same one that God has raised from the dead now doing this. And they heard it because they case and pointed to the scripture. They went back to the word of God. That's the authority. God's word's the final authority. It is truth. And it's not a, a, a deep Bible study. He's just from memory recalling what the Bible says about who Jesus is. And then he made it very clear that Jesus, the one that he said is the Messiah, the one that we put our faith in is he's the responsible for 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 this man standing here whole and so what do they do with that they've 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 shown them respect even when they uh came in and 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 put them away peter and john didn't kick and scream and demand all kinds of roman rights and jewish rights and these rights and they didn't list off anything you know, this is unfair, this is unjust. You know, you're, all of the lame things that we hear people demanding and commanding in this day and age, this is a model for us as Christians. They showed respect. They identified the authority in their life. 
and they respected the authority in their life. And so we don't see any, any real resistance when they were being arrested initially. The next day when they came out um, and they were placed before the highest next to Roman authority, there's Jewish authority, and they were, you know, Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and all their family members and all these people. There's a pretty intense, you know, setting. Um, they got to the place of, of saying, look, there's no salvation in any other, uh, for there is no other name given among heaven by which you may sit and we must be saved. It says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Mm-hmm. That's what they saw. They saw the Holy Spirit giving them a boldness to that, that, that captivated them. And they realized, they came to the conclusion, these guys really have been with Jesus. So we learn a lot just through that interaction at the beginning, but then they didn't know what to do with Peter and John. It was, that's where they were in a corner. Hey, can you put them outside? We, you imagine, you're saying, hey, what do we do with these guys? They, you know, they know the word. They based what they're doing on scripture. There's the, how can we get upset at them healing a guy? Everybody's applauding that. All these people are like, Peter and John, you know, we're, we, we're in a bad spot here. Okay, let's severely threaten them. Bring them back in. Don't not teach in the name of Jesus. Don't mention him. Just severely warn them and threaten them. And this is important because as we're living today as Christians, it's getting intense. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And so it's one thing when I'm maybe interacting with people that don't agree with me. And I just show respect to them. But now when they begin to threaten me and my, just threaten me in my existence and what I feel I am called to do. Remember the disciples, all of us are called to go out and the Great Commission and tell people about Jesus. That's the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. So Jesus told them to go out and tell the world about him. Mm-hmm. These guys just told him, stop telling people about him. And so they, they didn't want any of this stuff to spread any further, so they severely threatened them. And Peter and John answered and said, whether it is right in the sight of men to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. That is a very respectful answer, by the way. Hey, guys, if that's what you believe, you believe that no one should be running around telling people about Jesus, hey, that's cool, that's what you believe. But really, should we be listening to you more than God? Because God, in the person of his son, has told us to go out and tell everybody about him. So you can decide, you know, for yourselves, but we have a higher authority (coughs) than man. And we're going to follow that. And that's the standard. This really puts a spotlight on the standard of when is it right to not listen to authority structure in our life. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, would be when that authority structure in our life is telling us to do something that contradicts what what Jesus has called us to do, uh, that contradicts who we should be in his word. Um, So, and that's a standard, it's a principle by which we live by. So I think it's it's important to look at this passage, and I think you guys probably have some stuff to, to add to that as well. 
Yeah, you you, you spoke about, <clears throat> you know, in this in this day and age, everyone is very sensitive, <laughs> and we need we as Christians need to have thick skins, not only to hear it, but I think also to be on the other hand of that to say it. And these guys were emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit to tell them the truth. And, and how, how do we get that respect? I think, I think they, they really respected them, and, and they loved them. They loved these guys. You know, Je- they, they saw the model of Jesus when he was on the cross. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm. That's love. And mm-hmm. so these guys loved their rulers, and they wanted to tell them the truth even if it was going to hurt their feelings. They wanted to be bold for the sake of salvation. And he says that, not only for them, but for the people that were going to hear that. And I I believe that we we need to be able to tell the truth. And again, this is a great model on how we tell the truth. We say it with respect. We say it with love. But we tell the truth. They, they, They heard, you crucified Jesus. And that would hurt. That would hurt. Like you're That's the, a very bold thing to say to the people who just crucified, if you will, yeah. your rabbi. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but in the fashion that they said it, I think it, it, it's a good model to follow. And it's, and it's again, on both sides, you know, uh, how do I respond to truth? And also, am I afraid to tell the truth when I see something it's not truthful. Am I afraid? Am I shut? These guys would not keep their mouth shut. And they knew it was for the sake of these rulers, but it was also for the sake of the people around them. They needed to know the truth. And so we need to develop that thick skin to hear, but also to give. Amen. Yeah, you know, early on, in this pandemic, you know, speaking of this, this balance of when to obey our government and state authorities and local authorities, then when do, when do we obey the Lord above that? Because that is our higher calling. Um, early on in the pandemic, you know, there were a bunch of orders that came down, and there was an order to um, to stay home. There was the stay home order. Churches were deemed non-essential. Churches were deemed non-essential. And, you know, and, and, and for the most part, we did that early on. Uh, we respected that. Uh, we didn't really know all of what was going on, uh, but we did. We did. We respected that. Um, and then um, it just seemed like the church was being pointed out a little bit more than other, than other things in, in society. And, and I think when <laughs> the order came down where churches can't sing, <laughs> that was when it was starting to go, okay. This seems a little deliberate, and you know we we didn't we uh, we we didn't obey that. We kept singing, we kept worshiping, and you know like like Peter said, we can't help but to speak these things. And God is putting um, His message of hope in our hearts, these things in our heart that we we have been the church and we haven't stopped being in the church because that's what He's put in our heart. And we've talked about um, where the Holy Spirit comes. And gives us that boldness to speak. Um, you know, Lance, you talked about uh, the Great Commission. It's not the Great Suggestion. And the Great Commission, he is going to give us that ability uh, to carry out the Great Commission. And I've just loved to, 
I've loved seeing our church uh, not stop being the church in this season. A great example to um, speak to this, and we got to move on because we got some great stuff here. But later on, an aged Peter would give this example when, you know, how should we treat those who oppose us? Speaking of Jesus, 1 Peter 2, 22 and 23, who committed no sin. Talking about how did he respond to the people of Nelam on a cross. There was no deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. As a Christian, you're not going to live that out unless you have a, I'm going to say it this way, a real confidence in your God. Mm-hmm. He had a, an incredible confidence in his Father. Mm-hmm. This, this is all in his hands. I don't need to retaliate and, and, and threaten and revile and, and, you know, yeah, well, you know, and none of that. Because there's, 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 an, there's more power behind God working his principles out, his word out through our lives and anything we could ever do with our flesh. That's important. And I had a, a Warren Wiersbe quote here. I'd just like maybe leave this part with this, where it says, as Christians, we can live on one of three levels. We can return evil for good, which is the satanic level. We can return good for good and evil for evil, which is the human level. Or we can return good for evil, which is the divine level. Um, so later on in Peter, he would say, for this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow in his steps, who committed no sin. There was no deceit found in his mouth. So um, I think that's a good part of the passage. It stands yep. out as well. Yep. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we move into, um, they're threatened, uh, they let them go, and then we had re- a lot of fun mm. With 23 through the close of the passage, uh, uh, chapter, and I did a series, three studies on to whom do you run? Mm-hmm. Yep. To whom? <laughs> we had fun with that. Yeah. And all I did is I just sat down one day, maybe two days, and wrote down what, what stands out about this group of people that Peter and John ran back to, their companions. And the word Greek, in the Greek there, just talks about they all had something in common. It's important. Because this is who they are. This is who, I said, who's your, everybody has a base of people they run to. Everybody has a camp. What was their base? What was their camp? What did they have in common? Because that's what the word, the companion meant, is a group of people that had something in common. So it wasn't political affiliation. It wasn't a hobby. It wasn't a sport. It wasn't a beverage. Uh, it wasn't, we, we all party together. Uh, it wasn't a, uh, any, any fun thing. A lot, of, a lot of fun things out there to do, but that's not what stood out when the description of their companions uh, is mentioned in the following verses. So what stood out to you guys in that? You know, I, I, I liked your explanation of companions. You talked about that it was, you know, like you said, that Greek word is, is um, something similar. And, you know, what's the most similar thing that that I would have with somebody else and you mentioned is it family is it co-workers you know and, and it's, that's challenging 
you know, to, to, to look at and say, I, I pray and I hope that it would be other believers, that, that nothing would be more strong in similarity than Christ in my companions. And it, like you said, it wouldn't be a hobby, but um, I think that's a challenge for all of us. Like, what, what, what is it? Like, is, is, again, people that we vacation with, people that we work out with, like Jay, you know, and what is it? Is, and, and I hope and pray for my life that, that it is. I run to those that have Christ in common with me, regardless of race, color, um, you know, cultural level, any of that. It would just be those, those bros that I have Christ in common with. Mm. And so, um, again, that was a really good series of whom do I run to? And first of all, it should be I run to Jesus. <laughs> Amen. You know, but um, but after I run to Jesus, you know, the, the, the church, as we learned in Acts 2, 4, we're here to help one another, to uplift one another, encourage one another. And, and God has made us to not be Lone Rangers, to have a community of believers around us, you know. Um, got a text today, you know, um, we, as you guys know, uh, Emery, uh, lead him. She she went into surgery today. And got a text that said, "I don't know what I would do without a body of support around me." Mm-hmm. And that's just just mm-hmm. just having that. Like, yeah, that, that's that is so true. That that the support that we've we've experienced personally and receiving and also giving uh, through COVID. You know, just people loving on us and and again watching. Um, the support happening around us without any organization, without any, um, hey, let's, let's, let's organize ourselves. Let's get a list. It just happened naturally. Mm-hmm. You, some family was down and, and everybody that knew him in the body, instant, what are we doing for this family? How are we getting involved? And it wasn't, um, it wasn't pulling teeth. It was, it was the body coming together and, that's that's what I believe this companion thing is all about. I went through and identified. If you just read like verses 24 through what is it? It goes to about 31. Uh, you know, maybe I don't know through the end of chapter. But and you just look at who these guys were, and I and I just looked at it. I thought so. They run to their their, their companions and they reported to the, all that the chief priest and elders said to them. And I said, does your, does your base of people that you run to as a Christian, are they the kind of people that you can run to and share mm. the good and great and powerful things that God's doing in your life? Mm-hmm. Are they the kind of people that want to hear it? Or, 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 or are, is your companion group, like that's, that's the last person I talked to them about what God's doing in my life. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of go through the chapter and look at that. They all... Worship the Lord. Are they the kind of people that that would worship with you and thank God with you for what He's doing? Were they the kind of people that would pray with you, pray for you? Were they the kind of people that would expect you to come and talk about and then celebrate worshiping the Lord? And then even as they all begin to pray, they're they're, they're like talking about God being creator of all. You know, which is like does the group of people that you run to have a perspective of God that's bigger than any circumstances you ever go through? Because that's who they were. And I just walked through it and I wrote down these little notes. I went, that's the kind of group I want. 
Mm. And that's the kind of group I want to be mm. in. And then they, as they're praising the Lord and worship, they, they're quoting some scriptures. Are they the kind of people that you can run to your base camp with and they'll bring a biblical perspective into that situation? Mm. Yeah, well, this is what the word says would happen to us. So, I mean, this is important in this day and age. That's what you're alluding to even with the people that call us all the time. Say, this is just thank you for dropping off the meal or thank you for being there for me. It's, it's, it's really the love of God and it's the word of God that's driving us to be that and driving us to do that. And we're always looking for ways to bring in the word and encourage people. And that's what this group was. And, and if there's ever a day and age of living on this planet, we always need a, a group like this to run to and be, be living life with. Um, but I think more than ever... Really, in, in this day and age, I don't know where you're at and where you're living, but out here in, this, uh, in our state, a lot of people moving out, running out, uh, and we feel like we're in the front lines. And it's no joke. And, and Lauren and I pray for all of you, your wives and kids, families, our church, and we are so indebted and grateful for the love and the support and all of that. But we do this together a lot, and, and that's nothing to take lightly. Mm. You know, Lance, when you mentioned um, this group, these companions that they ran back to, you, you mentioned that this would have been the, a group that was in that upper room at Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And they all experienced a unique move of the Lord, of the Holy Spirit. And, and what they saw together really connected this group to each other. And the bonds that formed was, was, was really special. And... You know, I think um, just even this week, this outreach that we call VBS, there are so many new people that have just taken that step of faith to take part and to serve, um, I think are going to be are going to be changed forever. Uh, they're never going to be the same. They're a part of a unique work that the Lord is doing this week. And, you know, I think these things that we experience together really uh, connect us that much more to each other, to the Lord. And... Um, uh, it's such, such a neat thing to, to see this week. And a lot of us have, our relationships have forged almost inseparable. By death do we part, I think is where <laughs> we're at now. Yeah. Um, because we've walked through mm -hmm. whatever God's brought our way together. Yeah. And how many times have we, we scratched our head and we're like, we're such and such, we're such and such. That's not a put down on anybody. Right. But we really thought we were forged with them. And maybe we were through the good times. Mm. Man, we are tested. That faith is tested. Mm -hmm. did, did we pull apart? You know, or did we draw further together? Well, if our common bond is Jesus, and you ran to Jesus and I ran to Jesus, yeah. it's till death do us part about now. It, it forged this group of people that went through all this, all the porch ministries, and we still mm -hmm. do that. And yeah. It's, it's a humbling thing to look back on. And, and, and um, you know, guys who go through the military will talk about the, the, the fraternity that they're part of now. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. people are going to look back in the last 15 months, and, and if they live life together in yeah. Jesus, in the Lord, for him, they're going to have a, a, a fraternal, there's a, there's a connection that mm -hmm. was gained through that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter uh, 4, <clears throat> we often use... Um, scriptures in there at a wedding <laughs> saying that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor and it mm -hmm. describes this relationship and how 
there's such a benefit when people come together and, and these companions are coming together. You know, we see that they break out in prayer and praise and, <clears throat> and there's various things that they're able to, to shoulder the burdens. Um, and I know for myself, um, and there's times when I neglect to draw for the strength of, of others. And maybe I need prayer, but I don't ask for it. <laughs> maybe there's a situation going on and I'm not sharing it, or maybe something great happens and I'm not sharing those things and, and letting people know how God just uh, did this thing in our lives and whatever. And so, you know, sometimes we could be like that. I know, again, everybody has a, very, a different disposition, but God is, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, has composed the body in such a way that we we all need to function together. And, the, and that's the way that the body of Christ is gonna operate at optimum level, is when every part is doing its share. And you know, in that context is speaking about, you know, gifts and different things, but but just but it talks about this uniqueness of that when one member suffers, all, all the other members suffer uh, with it. And and God has composed the body so that we're able to to do that. When we neglect those things, then we neglect like what Hebrews tells us that we neglect the fellowship of, of the brethren and and there's all of a sudden we cripple the body of Christ and and for us personally we can we can hurt our own relationship and it's never our walk with the Lord and, and is never going to be everything that God intended it to be and so uh, there's a great example here as they come together and just they talk about how God delivered them and talk about you know how they were threatened and God what was said to them uh, but they all recognize that God's hand is in this and God's is doing something unique and they're all able to rejoice together the uh, the chapter shows so many good things mm. that we can experience really I mean uh, I, I fell in love with this chapter. I, I looked at the times I've taught it in the past. It's like a, a one, one and done deal. But I just kept seeing more and more because I felt like as we're brought together with so many new people to the church, it was important to understand this. And, and who, who has he called us to be as the church? Mm -hmm. And just, you know, does this mark our life? Does this mark our, our church? But after the prayer, read through that. Just encourage you to read through it and maybe bring out what stands out to you. Does that mark the group of people that you run to uh, with good news or with bad news or whatever it might be? Um, but when, when they had prayed in verse 31, where they were all assembled together, the, the room began to shake. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with all boldness. And... And I'm like, who wouldn't want to experience that, you know? <laughs> and so the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that the things they possessed was their own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, I really developed mm. that the last couple of Sundays, just the power of God on display through all of them. The apostles gave great witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And I just ran with those words. The early church marked by great power, great grace, the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, working through their life and being displayed towards one another, taking care of each other's needs. So great care, great love. Um, these words, you know, marked uh, 
the early church. And I also ran with the unity that we experience as well, where you talk about one mind uh, or one heart and one soul. And, you know, when you talk about the heart, he's not talking about the muscle. He's talking about the personality, the seat of who you are. It's the place where God meets us. We, we have a phrase, we accept the Lord. We accept Jesus into our heart. Um, he dwells in our heart. The Bible talks about God taking up residence in our heart. Uh, and that's where we communicate with God. And, and so because of Jay's relationship with Jesus and Mead's relationship with Jesus and Francel's and mine, well, there's a oneness that the world doesn't know. Because mm. of Christ dwelling in us, our hearts are the same. And the mind, um, that, takes, that, that talks about our thought. From your, from your heart, there's conduct. From our mind is thought and speech um, flows from that. And so just how they viewed things in the early church at that point there was a oneness to them. Yeah. And now, if that pulled them together and identified them as having these great, great power, great grace, great unity, can we say that about our camp of people we run to? Mm. Can we say that the people we run to, we run to experienced, had the same view on all of the things that mm. unfolded the last 15 months that we did? Mm. <laughs> did all, the people we run to have the same view of God? The same view of the church? The same view of fear versus faith? How about the same view of lawlessness? Mm. The same view of, I don't know, all of, all of the things related to COVID. I would, I would say that most camps that people ran to found themselves, like many churches, divided, families mm. divided. Mm -hmm. Because what typically rules and reigns, you know, I give that scripture, let the word of Christ dwell in your hearts. And, and my thing is like, well, well, what enthrones you enthrones me. That's why we have the same thoughts and the same conduct. And it's the word of God. But in the world, they don't have that. They are on the throne of their life. Mm -hmm. And, and whatever they take in and, and make as their belief system becomes what reigns. Mm -hmm. And so you have political views that are different. Mm -hmm. You have social views that are different. You have philosophical views that are different. And it's never going to end. Right now it's the differences on vaccines and how we view people. It's on skin color and how we view people. But all of that's been conquered by a greater authority mm -hmm. in our lives. And, and so it's how does Jesus look at skin color? How does Jesus look at the world when it hits crisis? And, and so we find ourselves thinking the same way and talking the same way. We have the same belief systems. And that plays out when crisis hits. And that's so what divides the world becomes more divisive when a crisis hits. They're divided even on now new things and greater things. But those same, same things that would divide the family members outside of Christ and divide friendships outside of Christ, unite those in Christ even more. It's just a... I'll let you guys wrap it up because I know we're excited. You know, that unity that you talked about, um, if you read the 32 through the end, it describes... 
you know, they talk about you can't have that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can have that here. And I, I love what you said. You know, um, some people will even say this is this is a, a pitch for socialism. No, it's not. And you said that. You said socialism is entitlement. Socialism says what yours is mine. That's right. not what this says. No. This says what mine, what's mine is yours. Right. Mm. And, and it has a qualification of that, too. It says the need, not... Hey, I want what you have. That's not what it says. It said it says because of people's need, and they 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 wouldn't lack that these people sold, and they said I'm going to give it. It was a choice that they freely gave, and that was unity, and and that's what we've seen through through this season. We've seen, you know, again there there has been that division, but we've seen amongst our companions here we've seen that people would give we've seen we we when people were hoarding we 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 were getting blessed true and then what what did we do with that we gave it we gave it we told lance you were set up and said if you need water come tomorrow we're like okay we got it and we were giving because we were given water and we were we were acting like this we were we were living like this and, and I love what you said, that, that man, when he tries to, to, to bring unity, the best he could do is uniformity. Yeah. That's the mm -hmm. best. It takes the Spirit of God through the Word of God, through the people of God, yeah. to bring unity. Yep. yep. I, I think when you look at this, you know, obviously, you know, what, what's being drawn out here, you know, again, sometimes people get off on all the communism and socialism kind of aspects what's really being drawn out here is just a, a unique response where people demonstrated their love and care for one another and that's yep. really what's being uh, displayed here and as I was looking through this <clears throat> I was thinking about you know the early days of, of Calvary Chapel and there's uh, just what's described I wasn't a, I wasn't alive then <laughs> I think and as close maybe I was a little kid but um, but just what's described, and I love hearing the stories uh, because you just saw uniqueness of what, what happened uh, as there was just a freshness of the Holy Spirit. People were open to a move of God. And you know, Chuck, Chuck Smith would talk about um, you know, people just doing things to minister to these hippies and to take them in and, and to really help in, a, in all kinds of ways. And you know, when, I, when this pandemic hit, this last year, you saw that in our own body. And people were, what you see here is a, a selflessness, a self-sacrificing, self and people did that. They went on the front lines. They were willing <clears throat> to, you know, we didn't know what's really happening with the pandemic, you know, what it was, what COVID was, uh, but people were coming in daily and they were going and they were driving vans and they were delivering and exposing themselves to a potential risk and harm and not knowing what was what we're facing um, and then also bringing in things we had the back parking lot open and and just uh, cars just coming in to drop off things as they pick things up at at various stores and donating to help others out people coming in daily making cookies and and doing different things to bless others uh, mm -hmm. so that others could feel comfortable and and especially those that were compromised and and so we, we saw that played out here. 
some of these things where you know maybe they weren't selling their homes <laughs> and, and giving all the money, uh, but they were sacrificing and, and loving in other ways. And so. We talked. Um, I'll, I'll wind this up. You got anything? We talked about what what they discovered was all brand new, Ooh. but what what they discovered they continued practicing that. Acts mm. two forty two talks about that. They continued steadfast in the pastors' doctrine, um, breaking of bread, prayer, all of those things that they were discovering initially. It was a work of God. It was a work of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we talk about a work of God, we're talking about something that's supernatural. We're talking about something that's spiritual, something that's eternal. And as, as a church, I was just wanting our church to just, if there's any realignment in our heart that needs to happen, we, we just, we, you guys know this, we talk about this a lot. We just need to come back. Jesus needs to be the center of that. Mm. And when that happens... He is, he is essential. Mm -hmm. You know, not Calvary La Habra is not essential. He is mm -hmm. here at Calvary Chapel La Habra. <laughs> and then he is also spiritual and he is eternal. And so one of the things I, I brought out was that as a church, we need to be asking ourselves, where, where are we really focused on here? What's our, what's our priorities? And I said, it has to be essential and eternal, not non-essential and temporal. Mm -hmm. and, and that just boils it down. It doesn't mean that we don't talk about current events. It doesn't mean that we, we, we don't discuss what's going on and whatnot. But the, the highlight and the focal point is on what is essential and what is eternal. And when it's Christ-centered, that unites us. I said, you can't miss it in the early church. Their doctrine and their philosophy united them. Mm -hmm. And today we see people splitting hairs over the lamest stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're worshiping doctrine rather than worshiping Jesus. Mm. They're worshiping missions rather than worshiping Jesus. They're worshiping something other than Jesus. When that happens, you're not divided. Mm -hmm. That's what happened in the early church. That's what Paul mm. said in 1 Corinthians 1 through 3. Men following men rather than Christ. So just a word of encouragement again. Um, Make Jesus the main thing. Keep him the main thing. And you'll find he, he's a great teacher. He left his Holy Spirit to be our teacher. He's not going to lead you uh, in the wrong direction. He's going to lead you by his word, by his spirit, in the right direction. And that will form amazing relationships if you will pursue the body of Christ that he paid for. Pursue relationships within the body of Christ, I should say. Um, and we just want to encourage you with that. If you've not accepted Jesus, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, let's pray. Lord, for any here that might be in the room, as we'll close out in a minute, that don't know you, we pray they would give their life to you. For those online, we pray specifically for them. You're the one who says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're looking for converts. You want to convert people. You're looking for followers. You want to lead people. Um, you're looking for people that will allow you to be the Lord of their life. People that would want to spend eternity in heaven with you. And if that's you and you're listening online, tell them. Say, 
Jesus, I, I, I believe you're speaking to me right now, and I, mm. I want to spend eternity in heaven with you. I want to follow you, and I want you to save me. Just tell him that. And, and ask him to come into your life. If you felt that the Holy Spirit drawing you to do this, I'd encourage you to just ask Jesus into your life right now. Ask him to forgive you of your sins, uh, to fill you with his Holy Spirit, and to give you the strength to follow him. And then just get into his word and, and find a Bible teaching church and read your Bible and pray with him throughout the day. Talk to him. Change the genres on your music settings and just download some killer worship music and begin to worship him throughout the day. Mm. Father, we thank you for any lives you touched tonight. I know you've, you've blessed us. We love you. Continue to bless our next couple of days of VBS. Give us strength, Lord, to finish well. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Online audience, we love you. And uh, we'll see you on Sunday. God bless.